You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Gobbler Country's Talking Turkey, where I'm your host, Brian Manning, and joining me, as always, are my co-hosts, John Schneider and Jay. How are you fellas doing tonight? Oh, I, I, I'm i I'm doing pretty good, uh, but I'm looking at all this stuff about Pitt, and it's kind of making me a little depressed. I just accepted our new reality, man. I was pretty confident this is where we were going to find ourselves about three months ago, so I, I, you know, disappointed, but I'm excited for the future and looking for those incremental improvements i agree and we we just went over on, on the last edition of our podcast we went over the north carolina game we put that one in the rear view mirror and now we're looking forward to Pitt in a and what's a grueling month of football games we've got north carolina pittsburgh miami and nc state and not sure there's a win on the schedule this month what do you guys foresee the rem- remainder of this month jay go ahead I see no changes from my predictions articles prior to the start of the season. I, I think that all of the next three games have the potential to be blowouts. I hope they're not. I hope to see some incremental improvement. But assuming that all of the teams maintain their current execution to include the Pitt team that lost you know, to Georgia Tech, surprisingly, to include the Miami team that lost to Middle Tennessee, I think... They, they have the potential to just, you know, kind of beat the brakes off of us right now. So hopefully we'll see some improvements in, you know, like positions, like maybe see the offensive line blocking better, maybe seeing some, you know, new blood getting some experience. But I, I think these games are they're going to hurt. John, what about you? Well, yeah, you know, as far as I, I, I'm kind of with Jay, I, I want to see us beat a couple of spreads. I mean, I, I would be happy with us beating a couple of spreads. Just, just a couple. I mean, even you know, hold down. Pitt's offense is struggling right now. They're 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 not doing as well as is is they thought they would be doing. They've got a couple of critical injuries that popped up, and their quarterback is not that great. And we'll talk about it in the next segment. But right now, even that struggling offense is going to be a lot more than our defense is going to be able to handle if. They are two-dimensional. It seems to be if we're, we've got a one-dimensional team in front of us, the defense can sort of step up and get some stops and get some slowdowns. I don't know. At this point, you just it's a crapshoot. And I do know that our offense is on its back. I agree with Jay's prognosis for the month. I don't I don't see a win in there anywhere. I think Miami is a disappointment. Miami's a little bit like North Carolina with obviously higher standards in the past, but they they have all these recruits. They're always everybody's telling you every year they're going to be really good and I do think they're going to be good because Cristobal is a different coach, but they still 
every year the years back and w- whatever but they're still going to be it's not out of us but they're going to beat us they're just going to out athlete us that's what they're going to do that, and that's that's all they have to do but if i'm looking at the schedule i think that's probably our best chance at a win and we're still not going to win that game so yeah i i, I agree with you i mean in them coming in the lane there's a little magic sometimes with lane and maybe as you know if the kids get tired and, and they are kids if the kids get tired of getting the, the their lips waxed every weekend, maybe they rear up and do something spectacular. But it's going to take something spectacular, well, isn't it, Jay? That that kind of mentality is also why I think we need to start getting the new blood in there, right? We've had what, five games to see what the upperclassmen can do, right? And I don't doubt that they're trying their best, but I also am worried that some of them are going to be, I don't know, tired of it, right? Whereas you've got your your younger guys that are going to be like, well, this is an opportunity for me to gain experience and showcase my talent. And I think that they're going to be much more aggressive about it, potentially, than maybe some folks that are like, I'm just tired of getting my brains beat out, and I hurt everywhere, and I'm not playing next year anyway. So That's a really I, good point. Yep. Again, I don't want to criticize people too much, but you guys, you know, that phrase that's been going around where it's been going around for a while, being like, you know, like that guy's got that dog in him. I don't see a lot of dog right now in, in our starters, right? There is some, you see flashes of it. You brought up such a good point, Jay, because we were just talking about it in the last edition of our podcast where we we're talking about some young guys who are impressed. You're talking about dog and somebody. Go watch Mansoor Delane and those plays from last week. That kid has it in him. That kid needs to be on the field. I'm sure there are and others. And we were getting beat then, too. Like, we were yeah. getting beat yep. at that point. Like, we weren't winning that game, and he was still out there flying to the ball. Yeah, he has inst- He has abilities, instincts, football intelligence, athleticism, all those things you can't teach and make a good football player. And I guarantee they're more like him. They just need the opportunities. Well, Matthias Carroll you know, needs to be out on the field more often. We need to see, I, I haven't seen any Keonta Jenkins much. I mean, now, admittedly, we haven't been in the nickel very much, but okay, your your secondary isn't working very well. Why not get the nickel out there and let him get some exercise, let him uh, start covering things and start learning how to do his job. I totally agree on the secondary because at one time in the second half, we had Cam Johnson and Delane in a corner and those are two true freshmen. Let's do that moving forward. Dorian Strong needs to play, but Dorian Strong missed the game. But play DJ Harvey at corner. Play these young guys. Let them figure it out because, again, like Jason, I'm not knocking anybody, and I know the, the kids are putting forth good effort, but let, these kids are the future of the program. Let's find out what they have, and and you, you never know what you might discover. My, my old man told me, and I'm sure that everybody, Jay's dad chips in every once in a while and comments and stuff, and he probably told him the same thing. Brian, your old man probably told you the same thing. It's like, you know, when 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 the fecal material hits the radial cooling device and everything melts down, you know, what the heck have you got to lose? I mean, why why are you sitting around moping? Go go out and learn something. You know, you okay, so you're gonna lose. Go out and learn how to get better. You can't get better by sitting and having your your next year's talent sitting on the bench getting all depressed and kind of looking at everybody going, well, gee, maybe I could make a difference. Well, if you don't let the kid make a difference, what's he going to learn? Yeah, and especially, man, I am not interested in getting bit by Portal anymore. I don't want to see a story that Bryce Duke's like, I'm going to go play for Kansas State because I can be a starter there, right? We need to we need to give these young men an opportunity. Like they they came to Virginia Tech. It's gonna be a tough, ugly year. They need to get something out of this year other than just watching the seniors lose. Yeah, it's true. I, I see the offensive line too. I see a couple of those kids like Xavier Chaplin, six foot six, three hundred and forty pounds and, and big physical athletic dude. Put him out there. 
I mean, put him out there. Let's see what he's got. He's the I biggest mean, dude on the line. You yeah, know, my, and, you know, the kid from the kid from Germany who's actually served, but the kid from Germany, you know, hey, I haven't seen him on the field that much. Let him go out and play. Hey, we got uh, another kid from Germany coming next year too. Yeah. So I like that. I mean, where's uh, Colbeck also? Where is he? Yeah, where's yeah, Colbeck? Yeah, I haven't seen Beck, and it's like, oh, there have been a couple of fly routes that I would have really liked to have seen him run to stretch the field because immediately after stretching the field, we ended up picking up a big critical first down. So, you know, it's stuff like that 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 gets you get your blood flowing that might get the team's blood flowing a little bit, maybe get them feeling a little bit better about themselves. As we're about to pause for a break here, I wanted to Jay brought up a really good point that I want to get into where he asked where Cole Beck is. And I want to ask where Connor Blumrick's at, because I think we need to that's something we need to, to discuss. But we're going to take a quick break for a commercial and we'll be right back after these messages to talk about Pittsburgh and Connor Blumrick. Hey, welcome back. Okay, guys, we were talking, we got started with with something that's going to be the topic that we're talking about in this section of the segment of, of the podcast, and that's our offense and their defense and what we would like to see. And okay, we left it with, where's Connor Blumrick? You know, where are the, some of these big redshirt sophomores and redshirt freshmen and freshman linemen that, hey, give them a shot? It's time to start letting them get in there and start seeing how they they brawl. And yeah, interior line, that's a brawl, isn't it? Yeah, Jay's the one that got me thinking when he said, where's where's Colton Beck? Uh, where's Connor Blunner? Both of these guys, because you're struggling on offense. Don't don't give me the, the story about they can't run routes. Who cares? Put speed and uniqueness on the field. If you got Blumrick, he's shown what he can do with the football in his hands. And Colton Beck, just put the football in his hands. No one's going to catch him. Let's not. Why not try these guys out? I mean, you got guys, and I'm not. I'm not knocking anybody. But I've seen a lot of drop passes in the last couple of weeks. That I remember we were playing West Virginia, and a blue got hit in the face on a beautiful pass down the right sideline. Put Beck out there. I guarantee you Beck's going to run past the defender. He's going to be wide open, and Grant Wells will not miss him. No, because Wells has got an arm enough to throw the ball. And, okay, if that's the only read, there's going to be separation. Because, uh, folks, I'm going to tell you something. There's a nickname that I'm not going to give for Colt Beck, but he is – fast. He's probably one of the fastest players on the field in college football right now. He is fast and he's going to get separation. He's going to catch one of these cornerbacks flat-footed, not thinking of who he is or not having a clue as to who he is, that he's going to get behind somebody. And if Wells can hit him, that's touchdown. Yeah. This is the college game. They don't play a lot of press, man. So that we don't have to worry too much about him hand fighting at the line of scrimmage. He's going to get a good release, and he's going to shake somebody, and, and they're not going to catch him. And him and, and Blumrick put those guys out there. Obviously, Caleb Smith, he's the best guy. You he, you play him. He's really good. And Keyshawn King, Daquan Wright, there's guys out there who can make the offense better if we just, just find ways to put the ball in their hands. I'd love to see some more of those young players. Like Moss has definitely been showing some flashes. And give him more, give him more reps. That dude was making like NFL style catches. Yeah, two feet inbounds. He's he's dragging two toes inbounds. He's he's, so he's bringing he's the, ball the ball into his body. He's got it. He's also six foot three, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. tall. And you know, one of the things that I'm sure you guys notice the same thing is like Smith has had some pretty solid first halves. 
and then the defenses adjust because they very quickly realize that all they really need to do is triple cover him, and then he's taken out of the game because yeah, but then that's they don't have to have honor Cole any Beck, of the threats. But then you got Cole Beck on the other. See, you start putting in your dual threats. Exactly. Then you start putting in the other guy that okay, you triple cover him. Then this guy is open over here. He's one on one with somebody who cannot possibly cover. Yeah. And we need to see, I understand that we need to need to massage like the football basics, right? Like people are going to complain about our inability to run up the middle. So why do we run up the middle? Because we have to be able to run up the middle, right? So like, if we can't do it now, we got to continue to work at it because sure, we can try to bounce to the outside all we want, but that'll be easy enough for them to stop because defensive lines have been able to collapse our offensive line by themselves on merit, which leaves like the linebackers and the quicker ends that can get off their blocks are just like, cool, this dude's trying to go around the end. We'll just stop. And it's just, if you can't run up the middle, you're not going to be able to run on the outside either. What I'm finding is, is that we're not running up the middle because we're not running up the middle. It's a tautology again. I'm famous for those. To run up the middle, you have to have a power back attitude and you have to have power blocking or You have to do the exact opposite. You have to have big finesse where you are moving people by Aikido. You know, you're getting them to move themselves out of the hole, which is zone blocking. So those are the two ways you get through the middle. Well, the way you get through that middle with a lighter back or smaller back or quicker back instead of a power back in a full back lead is, is that you counter through the middle. Okay. Well, we have those plays in the playbook and they worked, especially with we've got Oh my God, but we've got at least two backs or maybe three backs that can counter real well that are Drake. You know, he's going to, he's going to be one of those kind of backs. Let him go, let him do it. Put him in there and and run a counter tray. You know, I, I would like to see them take one of the younger quarterbacks out, you know, put him out there, Farrell, put him on the field and put him, start teaching him to get up underneath center, have Rudolph start to teach him to get up underneath center and start running traditional power eye and ACE formation running plays. Yeah, I understand that like the shotgun provides a lot more opportunities. It's just it's like what we saw with Cornelson's offense. It's just too slow to develop for us. We don't have the speed to be able to sit there and do that sort of style of play from the shotgun. The bigger boys can. We cannot. And the other side of it, too, is that it kind of makes it one dimensional. Looks like Jay faded out real quick. We'll try it again here with Jay in a second. Jay had a point. But Brian, let's talk about something we're missing in this. We've talked about our office and what we like to see. We'd like to see something that we don't want to see. <laughs> we'd, we'd like to see something like a total breakdown of Pitt's defense, right? Well, that probably won't happen. Last couple of minutes of this segment, let's talk about what we're faced with of Pitt's defense. I think when you look at, at Pitt's defense, they're not as impressive as they normally are. They, they've given up like 31 to West Virginia, which we know West Virginia's a pretty good offense. He gave up a 27 to Tennessee, who who we know actually gave up 34 to Tennessee. I'm sorry. There's a guy on Tennessee's roster we know pretty well. And then and then there was Western Michigan, 13, Rhode Island, 24. I say that, and I think, well, are we any better? Is our offense any better than Western Michigan or Rhode Island right now? I honestly don't know. And that's sad Rhode Island's ranked. And then last week, they gave up 26 points to Georgia Tech. I don't know what happened. I think Georgia Tech was fired up. They fired their coach and and – you know, I, I, I don't know what Georgia Tech's terrible, so I don't know. But I don't I don't look at Pittsburgh as some scary defense the way we used to. But our offense is so bad, they'll probably shut us out. Well, well that's the that's the big problem as we leave this segment that we need to be acutely aware of. Pitt is not as good this year. They are actually a near peer if we were a moderate risk in, in the risk chart. We're not a moderate risk, are we? 
Pitt's got 16 sacks on the season, which isn't incredible. But when you look at the teams they've played, not a bad stat. I think that we're going to have some dirty uniforms. Yeah, maybe a couple of swaps on the quarterback just to kind of keep people fresh. The one thing you know when you play Pitt on their offensive and defensive lines, they're going to be physical and probably more physical than we are. So especially and and on Nardo their... is going to throw a temper tantrum at least yeah, one. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would love to see Pry run across the field and spear him and then give him the suck it <laughs> sign. That, that, that would make my season. We could lose the game and never win another one, and, and that would just make my season. But I've never been a Nardo fan. Sorry. And the next world in this last segment coming up, We're going to talk about our defense and their offense. So, you know, we'll be back. When you take a look at Pittsburgh's offense, certainly taking a step back with the loss of Kenny Pickett or Kenny Pickett's, as Pittsburgh dad would call him, they brought in a transfer and he's had some pretty decent games, so maybe not off to as good of a start as they wanted. But I will say, even though they lost to Georgia Tech, Slovis, 305 yards, three touchdowns and one interception. So he didn't do particularly bad against them. That was a very weird game, I thought. But John, what do you think about being the most dangerous thing that's going to be on Pittsburgh's offense against our defense? To me, it looks like Slovis. I think he's probably going to have a field day, particularly in the middle passing game. Middle passing game, maybe, but I don't think Slovis is as good as that. You know, just short of a thousand yards. I think we're going to have problems with rushing tech. Israel Abanakanda is already halfway through the season pushing 510 yards. Yeah, he is uh, real good. And a 5.5 yard average. That's frustrating. Yeah, yeah, really frustrating. And he's the guy I'm scared of. And the reason why is because I was also noticing he can also catch the ball. He's also, let me see. He's got a receiving touchdown. Five games, he's got four receptions for 59 yards, 14.8 average. His long was 24, and he's got a TD. So they have a receiver out of the backfield, which plays into what your observation was with Slovis, which is he's not a real great deep threat, but he's spreading it around really, really well underneath. And they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. 13, 14 different players with receptions in yeah. this game. Yeah, and so. the other thing too, Vincent Davis, their other running back, he's no slouch either, right? He only has about a third of the carries that Israel had, but he's still, he's got a touchdown. He's got more receptions and more reception yards. So their their rushing attack is legitimate, but I don't think they're going to have as much of a problem putting points up on us, unfortunately. As far as our defense is concerned, how they're going to stack up against Pitt, hopefully, hopefully we'll be able to slow down Israel so that they can't just grind the game away, which they could completely do. But I mean, Slovis's two best games, was, one of them was against West Virginia, right? 308 yards, but he only threw one touchdown. But I mean, they did, they did enough to kind of do a mini shootout against West Virginia. He struggled against Tennessee the most. That was not a great game for him. And they still almost beat the now number eight Tennessee Volunteers. So I I don't think Slovis is bad at all. In fact, I would love to have him on Virginia Tech. I just think that it also, it hurts, right? They lost Addison, right? So there's one thing Kenny Pickett had Addison to throw to, who is now almost certainly going to be a first-round pick and completely dominating out in uh, USC. Yeah, I mean, they they got victimized by the transfer portal too, didn't they? Well, and if I was Addison, I would have done the same thing. I'm going to go play for Lincoln Riley. It's hard to tell how much money he's making this year too, playing for um, USC. The the nil nil deals out in West Coast are insane. So here's the scrub. We've got their offense 
where's our defense? What's our defense going to be? Because we got to cut the analysis on this one a little short so we can do our predictions. I just, I think they're not, they're not particularly flashy or sexy in any specific role, but they're competent and decent at all of it. They've got decent receivers. They've got a decent quarterback. They've got a decent rushing attack, which means if for some reason Virginia Tech's going to be able to stop one of those, they'll be able to rely on the other. Yeah, it's, I see they have too much balance for us to be able to handle, which is part of what we had with West Virginia too. West Virginia had a balance. They had a good passing attack and a good running attack. Of course, North Carolina had virtually no running attack, but it didn't matter, did it? I mean, their passing attack with May and using May in their running attack basically killed us. I don't so, expect to see that from Slovis, but you know no, what I, what I think is going to happen? Negative 35. Is I think what could easily happen is we're going to see Pittsburgh get up by like 14 to 17 points, and then they're just going to grind us to death with their running backs. Do you guys remember, uh, I think it was two years ago, we were at Pittsburgh and we, we lost about like 50 points and they ran for 500. That was four years ago. That was when Bud Foster was still here. The Quadri Allison or whatever the running back ran oh, for like yeah, 350 yeah, yeah. yards. That was a humiliating day to be a fan. There's nothing worse than when they're running, the, when you know they're going to run the ball and you can't stop them. But, and, and that might, that may be what, once they establish a running game, it could be a long day for us. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm looking at this as like, you know, we would win this game if this was the 2017 team. We'd beat well, the snot out of them, but this isn't the 2017 team. So, Brian, when we take a look at some of the units for Virginia Tech's defense, I think the linebackers, considering the running back stock that they have at Pittsburgh, are going to play a large role. How do you see the linebackers performing against Pitt's offense? I, I agree, Jay, because Pittsburgh is built uh, built a lot different than what North Carolina is. North Carolina is more a finesse team who's relying on the spread and, and throwing. they're going to throw the football at all costs. Pittsburgh had Kenny Pickett last year and liked to throw the ball, but Pat Narduzzi's identity is power football, and I think that's what plays into Dax's strengths as well. And then you have like Jaden Keller and Keonta Jenkins on the outside. They could have good days too. I think our linebackers are, will be a strength on, on Saturday. I was thinking the same thing, particularly with Dax. Like Traditionally, Pittsburgh has been a running Right. They've actually sent quite a few running backs onto very successful NFL careers. John, how do you see our secondary performing against these Pittsburgh wide receivers in Slovis? If they don't cross up, our linebackers are going to have to be better and switch off better because we play zone underneath. There's not really man coverage. It's a, it's a switching zone. We're going to have to pick that up better. We didn't do a good job of it in the last game at all. And Slovis is an under-the-zone, intermediate-level sort of passer. He's not a runner, so he's not really a threat to break out of the pocket, which means that our best bet is to get heavy pressure on him and maybe even sacrifice a linebacker to a blitz and swap blitzes back and forth. I think that stopping that part of their attack is going to be critical. Otherwise, they're just going to cut us up. I think we have good deep coverage and over-the-top coverage we have for for all the games. I mean, even though we've got drubbed last week, we still had good over-the-top coverage. It's just very few deep breaks that they that anybody's ever gotten on our defense. But at this particular point in time, we're getting murdered underneath. The zone is just getting ripped apart. I'll be curious if we go if we go with the youth movement at corner like we showed in the second half last week. I mean, are we going to go with Chapman and those guys in the at corner Murray? I don't know why you don't just go ahead and and play Cam Johnson and Delane and and Harvey and, and Dorian Strong, of course. But I don't know why you don't just mix in some of the young guys with a lot of playing time. Yeah, I, I hope we see that, particularly if we start to like get 
down early. Like we might as well. Overall, I think that right now Vegas is saying the over under is 44 points. It actually wouldn't surprise me if they still kind of like beat us by three scores or more, but we were actually under the 44 because I think this might be a situation where our offense struggles mightily and their offense maybe struggles a little bit potentially, but they're going to be mad after that Georgia Tech loss. And before we get to our predictions with that Georgia Tech loss, I kind of wanted to visit the fact that the, the coastal division in the ACC is a madhouse right now. Like we're actually still very much in the fight for the coastal crown. The only teams that don't have losses right now in the ACC Coastal have conference losses are Duke and Miami because they haven't played anybody and North Carolina. So everybody else has one or two. So thinking about the Coastal, I mean, I'm not saying that we really have a legitimate chance at winning it, but the, the Coastal doesn't make sense again. And so maybe Pittsburgh struggles are bigger than we realize, even though Georgia Tech tends to get like a lucky win. Remember last year they beat UNC. What do you guys think about the, the, the madhouse that is the ACC Coastal right now? Me, I don't care. And the reason why I don't care is this is the last year of the Coastal. And I, I get the feeling that the energy is going to be in the fist fight in the game between Pitt and North Carolina. And that's going to be the quote-unquote Coastal Championship. You know, And we'll see how that one shakes out. I could tell you right now, if they play like they did before, Carolina will take it. But you just never know. I think Drake May is one of those dudes. I actually think it's going to come down to UNC and Miami. I think it'll be a May versus Tyler Van Dyke kind of story. Brian, what do you think? I, I was getting ready to, to say that, Jay. I'm I'm going to lean toward Miami because I think ultimately in the end, while they are, they did lose to Middle Tennessee at home. I still think they're going to win the Coastal. And it's not because they're like overly good or anything, but they'll win eight or nine games and they'll do enough. They'll beat North Carolina head to head enough to win the Coastal because UNC always disappoints. That's what they do. That's what Mac Brown does. And even though they have a phenomenal quarterback, they'll find some. That defense last week was an aberration. I'm sure there's a lot of Tar Heel fans. You know, there's not many Tar Heel football fans. There's probably 13 of them, but every one of them is some right now pumping their chest, talking about how good their defense is because they played Virginia Tech last week. So I think you'll see that defense revert back to what we saw before. But I think it's Miami's division. I really do. Well, yeah. well we got a difference on that, but I don't think we're going to have a difference on our predictions. Let's do our predictions so that Catherine can put this all together. Jay, you're first. So I think that now the offense is just going to have to prove to me that they can score more than 10 points. I unfortunately think that this is going to be another ugly game, even when we're good. Pittsburgh finds a way to beat us even when they're bad. I remember, I think it was my sophomore year back in, oh, back in the day, 2001. It was like a Pitt team that's not going to a bowl game. And they were one of our only losses that year in Pitt. So we don't like playing in Pitt. We don't normally play well in Pitt. And even though maybe they're definitely not what they were last year, they're still much better than we are. So I'm going to say probably 35-10 Pittsburgh. I'm going to go with 27-10 to 10 Pittsburgh. I think I think the Hokies get a touchdown somewhere in there based on a phenomenal throw and individual effort from Caleb Smith, from Grant Wells. I think that's what's going to get us on the board. And we'll have a field goal somewhere in there. But I don't see a score more than 10 points. Well, that leaves it to me. I think maybe we'll score a few more than 10 points just just because not just hopefulness. Maybe somebody pulls out some stops. We get a couple of young guys that step up, but I don't see us winning this one. I think it's going to probably be somewhere in the 32 range for them and somewhere in the maybe 13 to 17 range for us at the most. So 32 to 17, them. Yeah. Yep. Well, you know what? I'm going to offer, normally we would end there, but like, Let's say one thing that we'd like to see. And I think the one thing that I would like to see them, like an incremental improvement at like the unit level, 
I would like to see our secondary do a good job with coverage. And they did a decent job against UNC, but keeping away from those pass interference penalties because we were we've been on a penalty seesaw where we're like we do okay and then we have 15 so i'd like to see them continue to maintain some decent coverage particularly deep because i think they're going to push us i think pittsburgh's going to push us deep they're going to try to anyway so i'd like to see some good coverage and hopefully see some of the young dbs rotated in there what about you brian what's one thing that you'd like to see it i'd like to see the offensive line run block better and i think everybody sees some of king's numbers at times and but he he got one in one game we went over 100 yards he got on one run he's been running well he's seeing things he's patient the run blocking hasn't been great i'd like to see us be able to the offensive line to be able to to dominate up front and and you know i'm not saying dominate but win individual battles up front and us have a good running game Saturday because I think that would keep us in the game and it would make life easier on Wells. Agreed. John, what about you? Yeah, I guess it's me before we sign out. Besides everything, I'd like to see some young guys. I'd like to see them put in. I'd like to see them doing well. And I'd like to see that really some play calling takes advantage of some of the newer talent and what it can do, stretch the field with Cole Beck in there, stretch the field, get some different running backs in there all, and not worry about running the old guys. I don't care if it's inside or outside. I want to see a better running game just for consistency's sake because we know that Wells is going to play quarterback and he needs a run. Well, we game. don't know that, right? They haven't released the depth chart yet, have they? That that I have seen, we'll we'll see later this week, and we'll make commentary on it. But I, I just don't see right now. I don't see Pry making a lot of dramatic moves. Yeah, um, I just don't. So he's a defensive guy, and he's too conservative for that. I I just I just don't see him making any big drastic dramatic moves. Well, I might we'll be wrong. See. Might be wrong. Yeah, we'll see. I think he's probably getting to a point now where he's like, all right, maybe it's time to start shaking things up a little bit. No, I'd be shaking out. trees right. I'd be shaking every tree in the in the orchard right now. He's got nothing to lose. Yep. So okay, he's got nothing to lose, and we've said our piece. Let's wrap this up, and we're gonna leave you guys with what we always leave you with: Go Hokies. Go Hokies. Go Hokies.